Live from Kalaloo Studios in New York City, you are listening to Let's Take It Offline with your host, Ishana Palmer. Hey, Fab Crew. You're listening to Let's Take This Offline, the podcast for everyday leaders. Heart inspiration, heart sat down. Let's have a conversation. Here's where you'll find the real deal about living well and leading well. I'm Kashana Palmer, your host and resident leadership whiz. What happened in the meeting after the meeting? We talk about it all on Let's Take This Offline. Don't forget to subscribe, download, and leave a comment so we can keep the conversation going. This episode is brought to you by Bloomerang, the donor database trusted by tens of thousands of fundraisers. For donor management, email marketing, online giving, and more, Bloomerang has you covered. Listeners of the Let's Take This Offline podcast get 10% off their first year of Bloomerang. Just visit bloomerang.co forward slash Kishana. And y'all, one of the reasons that I love Bloomerang so much is beyond helping fundraisers enhance their donor relationships, Bloomerang is committed to elevating the voices of Black, Indigenous, and people of color nonprofit professionals. To learn more about contributing to Bloomerang's blog, Visit Bloomerang, that's B-L-O-O-M-E-R-A-N-G dot C-O forward slash blog forward slash write. Born in Miami, but a true child of the islands, Jelaine Palmer Javier Lewis is a first-generation immigrant woman who has centered her life on the liberation of Black communities on purpose. With extensive experience in education, she focuses on addressing the trauma that comes with parenting while Black. Jelaine has 15 years of experience in education specializing in social-emotional learning, developing curriculum, providing transition support, and instructional coaching. She is currently a learning specialist at KIPP Metro Atlanta. Jelaine previously worked at Orange County Public Schools, Leon County Public Schools, and Atlanta Public Schools. Jelaine holds her BA from the University of Florida, her MA from the University of Central Florida, her Ed Specialist from the Florida State University, and her doctorate, which is in progress at Clark Atlanta University. What's up, Fab Crew? It's Kishana, and we are back in the studio again for another action-packed conversation. Y'all, listen, we've been rocking and rolling all season so far, and I could not, like, even put together a season without bringing to the studio one of my favorite people in the world and happens to be my first cousin, Jelaine is in the house. What's up, Jelaine? Hey, 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 it's the intro for me. Come on. Hey. Yes. Come on. It's the cousin. It's the cousin vibe. And it's like, you don't even know how excited I am. (laughs) I'm just beyond excited. Excited beyond. Listen, I'm excited for you to be here because I remember um, a little while back, I put a post up on Facebook and I was like, hey, are there any parenting experts in my feed? And all of the different folks were dropping Hello? this name, dropping this name. And you were like, <clears throat> Hello. Hello. I have it's a whole. Not that I'm bragging, <laughs> but I'm doing this. I'm I mean, doing this. You are doing this. I mean, you have. How, how many of the children are there? Are there three children? All right. There's a lot, right? It just seems like, hey, girl, are you going to stop this anytime soon? So. We've got three right now. So Julius is four. Judah just turned three. And Joey is 11 months. So you have the infamous three under five. 
It was three under three when Joey was born during the panini, yes. during this panorama. During I had the three panorama. under three. <laughs> during the panorama. Okay. Three under three in the house with my husband and these three children. Nobody can do anything for themselves. Nobody, so. nobody can. Nobody can. <laughs> nobody. No nobody husband can. included sometimes. He's great. He's great though. He's great. But definitely I I, I remember thinking to myself, um, you know, the Queen Aja, she is at the age now where she's, first of all, she did my hair the other day and it's looking quite fabulous, I have to say. Wow. I, I, you know, I said to her, this is going to make you laugh. I was like, so if you were going to charge me money, how much <laughs> would you charge me to do my that, hair? You know what I love about you saying that is that you're putting the seed, you're planting that seed <laughs> of entrepreneurship in her mind that even if I'm your mama girl, know your worth. Know your worth. Charge that, charge that plus tax. So, and, so yeah, love so, it. so that's how we started the conversation, Rachel. And she goes, well, um, you don't have to pay. I don't, you don't have to pay me, mommy. And I said, no, no, no. But if I was going to pay you, like how much would you charge me for this service? And y'all, Sanai put in the only, you know, back length, faux locks situation. Her mama is tender headed. I still cry, Ooh. even though I'm a woman of a certain age. And she had to tenderly take out my faux locks that I had and, uh, and you know, detangle That's my hair and she do a deep condition and That's then listen and then she put back in a new set of faux mm -hmm. locks and this time I wanted it to have multiple colors and so um, the baby said that she would charge me $120 $120 Ooh. for the service and I immediately said this feels like Instagram prices to me <laughs> <laughs> I would say you got a deal. I would say you really got a deal. You she did the work of the ancestors. Yes. Oh, yes, ma'am. <laughs> so she did you a takedown, a deep condition, and an install? That's she the did. work of the ancestors. She did. And she had to correct me and tell me that, in fact, it was not an Instagram job because the Instagram hairdressers make you come there with your hair washed, oh. straightened with no grease, ready to what be done. Is that? I have no she idea what She is telling about. the 3,000% truth, and <laughs> I don't understand that. I do not understand why you're charging me $300 and I have to come with my hair washed and blown out. What are you doing, ma'am? What are you doing, ma'am? For what? You, and then if I'm late by 10 minutes, you charge me $50. But you're going to make me this wait in my, my car for or an you hour. Cancel my appointment. You, or you, you going to cancel my whole appointment. appointment. My whole appointment. I have three children. It is the work of the Lord for me to get to you in the first place. If I'm 10 <laughs> minutes late, sis. I'll pay an extra twenty dollars. Your extra time 20. is valuable, but I will pay the extra. Cancel my whole appointment. The whole appointment. No. Have me in the street. No, I would talk in about the you. Right, I would have to talk about them. I'm so sorry. It's, it's absolute sorcery, <laughs> and I'm not here for it. I'm not at all. And I so I think that during the pandemic, one of the things that I realized was about like the level of skills that we have mm. to have, particularly if you are in a household where you are a caregiver. Mm -hmm. that you didn't really know what mm -hmm. kind of skills you needed to have as a parent, if you are parenting as a caregiver, because some of us are at home with our parents and our siblings mm -hmm. that we never intended to be in the house with um, mm -hmm. as a partner, if you are partnered. <laughs> Ooh. 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 And I think I was reading a study the other day that talked about oh god who this is going to come to me who the study was by on women in leadership and it just talked about the um unanswerable question about the value that we don't ascribe to women who are working mothers working caregivers working partners in the home and what the panoramic <laughs> i call it the zombie apocalypse i love it <laughs> What it has the panini, the panini. <laughs> what it has, what, is, what it has done to us as women. So you have been home. You are an educator. Uh, you're responsible for so many children, right? So tell me, I, like, what leadership muscle did you have to like flex the most in the last year? I'm dying to know. I think I am so proud of the fact that the pandemic brought me face to face, really with the role that my trauma and my healing has had on my leadership style. Mm. And it really brought me like to a halt for the first time. in I think everybody's life 
it brought me to that point where it was, I can't escape to work and then pour myself into work as an escape. My Mm -hmm. work became my house. My house became my work, Mm -hmm. all of those things. And at the same time, I was managing people who were also confronting their trauma because they were so isolated and they were using work as an escape. Come on. So I think I, I really am proud of the work I had to do to work with people because I work with other people of color and especially a lot of women of color to say to them, it's okay not to be okay. And really have those fall apart moments where I said, your profession is not your definition. Mm. And if this is the moment that you have to find your definition and it doesn't fit in this realm anymore, that's okay. That's okay. Because now you have the time. (laughs) Unfortunately, we don't always have that time. This was kind of a gift of time for some people to really sit there and say, am I doing the thing that I was meant to be doing? Am I doing the thing that I know I'm good at? And how long can I ignore that voice at the back of my head? that I know is speaking to me and saying that I'm just doing a mediocre job to get by. <laughs> and I had Did I say it? Did I say it? Stop right there. I said it. I said it. I said it. So let's, we're going to unpack this two ways. Okay. So the first thing I heard you say is about confronting the trauma in order to, and that, and that confrontation caused a shift in your leadership style. So if, if someone were to describe you, I mean, you are warm and generous. You are a family person. You ride. You are loyal. You've had friends since you were in grade school mm-hmm. through college. I've met many of these folks. And also, <laughs> yeah. you about that business. And so yes. you come across as being about the business. And so when you say that you had to slow down for a second and confront how different, whether it was big T or little T trauma, Mm-hmm. affected the way you showed up for folks and showed up and expressed your leadership style. What did that look like for you specifically? Give me an example. if you So can. the, the very, the biggest thing for me was I was a thousand months pregnant when the Panini started and <laughs> it thousand months. Um, and the biggest thing I really had to confront was that my achievements were what made me lovable growing up. Um, I was raised, yeah, yeah, and that Ooh. was, that's the thing. Um, Go ahead. I was raised in like a Jamaican household and my father's Haitian, my mother is Jamaican, my mother and her family primarily filled in me. So every time I did something, I was a fairly smart kid, pretty average, but when I did something that was out of the norm, the praise and love and attention, especially from my mother was just nonstop. It was just clear. And all of the things she always said about me were related to my achievement. Yes. It was never, you know, Jelaine is a kind person or a respectful person or she likes nature or anything like that. It was, look at the score she got. She's brilliant because she can read this many books. Yes. And in my professional career, my leadership career, that came out the same way. I was looking for the next achievement for so long because mm-hmm. those achievements are what made me a good educator. It was what made me a good trainer. It's what made me, you know, the person to go to. And I really had to stop and say, that's not what makes me a good person though. And I want to be a leader that is a good person because often people don't leave organizations. They leave people and managers that abuse them. That's That's what they're leaving. They're leaving the people that they can no longer work under. And I don't want anyone to ever feel like they're working under me. And especially education and the liberation of the black community, we're working together. Together. So the things that I'm doing should be uplifting the person next to me. And I want eventually you to surpass me. Your knowledge to surpass I'm trying to give it to you so that you don't make my mistakes, so that you can take a step beyond. And we ultimately are lifting our community. So really that trauma that I faced was there are no more achievements right now everything's at a standstill okay <laughs> like <laughs> okay. there's a free here it's a it's you it's the true work we had to do and it's the true work that i had to do with the people that needed me and those people weren't children they were adults that were craving and i mean in the worst way craving for someone to interact with it with them in a way that saw them so 
That's that was a major that. shift. That's a huge. I just want to applaud you for yeah. that and just that's huge. That's huge. And it's huge because, um, you know, we grew up in the same family. <laughs> yes. Yes. The same. So, that's everything. Listen, Fab Crew, if you thought I was playing, if you thought that uh, your internet dad, uh, Bernard Palmer, was not giving you enough, mm-hmm. welcome to yet another member of my family. Um, and the achievement thing was huge. The You know, our family, our parents came to this country and they were like, listen, we need you to get this education, this job, this house, this husband, these kids, and sit down somewhere and be and be wonderful and love the Lord. Hey. The end. Like it doesn't matter if you're happy. Get no these cares. things. No one cares. Nobody nobody wants to know if you're happy. Mm-mm. Do you how can we fund this degree? That's it. Are you married and that's are it. you praying to the Jesus? Are you praying to the Jesus? That's it. Outside that's of all. that, that's all. We're not concerned. We are we are not. we are unbothered. Like um, literal unbothered. <laughs> I remember saying, um, telling a story and it might've been a different episode um, in jest, but it did happen that my birthday is close to the end of the school year. And I never used to get my birthday gifts on my birthday. My parents are insane that they would wait until I got my grades. <clears throat> I'm an A student. Mm-hmm. I get the same A's every year. So therefore you could kind of bet that just like, <laughs> Last time, they would also be A's this time, just, and yet they beat it up, guys. Just bring it up, just bring it, just bring it on out, guys. So this performance, this like, if you do this thing, you will get this thing. Um, I think came from a really good place of wanting us to be able to, you know, put some skin in the game, right? Like that we got to be able yes. to show up. But that if yes. that's the only thing we can do to be noticed, particularly when you're in a yes. big family where he who talks the loudest yes. wins. Yes. You know, your achievement yes. is your big booming voice. And so um, one of the things that like you for me over this past year that I've really had to contend with and it's been so painful because I did not have the, I did not make the space to slow down. And we'll talk about that in a second, um, is that I realized that my whole life into my adulthood, even into the last iteration where I started a business full-time, et cetera, were folks telling me what I was good at, telling me what they mm, thought I was amazing mm. at, telling me how they thought I showed up. And it's it's good stuff. It wasn't even like it was bad stuff. But it didn't give me any space from really little to being a whole grown somebody's mama to be able to say, what do you want for yourself? And it wasn't oh. until I had to stop and I was in the house with my kid. And thank God I actually like my teenager. Yes. That the question, what do you want to do with yourself? What's going on? What are you passionate about? And the probing, me probing and my frustration where her not having a, a response and being confronted with that thing. What if she just, what if her aspiration is to kick it? Like, what if she is the good time girl and she is cool with that? Like I had all these thoughts and it made me realize, oh my gosh, no one ever asked me, what are you excited about? What are you passionate about? And I think that is such a, a disservice. And again, I say disservice when I say these, the, uh, our family did their best did the with what they knew. The they limited, did. the limited knowledge they had, they yep. did their best. And I'm forever grateful for all of the sacrifices that every really one in my family, because my mom was a single mom. Yep. So, I mean, your dad bought me my first car. <laughs> like, <laughs> he, like, it's a thing. Our family supported us. However, when I really stopped, even this year, and I'm ashamed to even say, kids, I gave birth and I logged in the virtual school. Like, I kid you not. Kid you not. I logged in from my hospital bed the next morning and was like, got to check on a few things. And I really had to stop and say to myself, you're not a neurosurgeon. You have to know that you have led well enough that the people will figure it out and they are capable. Absolutely. And none of this will fall apart. And that's real. And I always have to repeat that to myself. I think there's also a fear that I've grappled with both as a leader and even as a parent is that I won't be needed. Oh, my god! Because gosh. when you're not needed, it's does that mean my job will be eliminated for some people? But for me, it's more of that also has been a big part of my identity as I shifted to the caregiver is if they no longer need me, does that mean that I did my job well or does that mean I'm obsolete? And I think as a a woman, 
you don't want to not be needed because that's part of your nurturing nature sometimes. Mm -hmm. And as a black woman, it sometimes is just your voice. Like if I'm not needed, will no will 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 I not be heard? Will I not anymore? be heard? Will I just be erased? Will it be like you know the, the movies just... where the people just disappear, but they like kind of fade yes. away into yes. the scene? You're like, will that be me? Yes. That's you know? a different type of rapture. Oh my but gosh! That's... I also have <laughs> it's a different, type, a different type of rapture. It's happening. It's happening. I'm describing it's happening. the rapture. I didn't mean it. it. it like girl, like. <laughs> I literally would just be visioning, oh, like, oh my gosh, everybody's doing this, and I'm just here not talking. Am I like fading? Am, Am I, I being my particles? Are my particles leaving? So <laughs> it's so true. that's a, that's just like another thing I had to confront and just be like, you know what? It'll be okay. Like, think about think about the role we play as, and the reason I, you know, I I toggle between talking about parenting and I talk about caregiving because I know there's some folks who choose not to be parents or who um, are mm. able to become parents. Um, and choose and have to choose a different pathway, but are caregivers in some way or another. So I try to be inclusive. But in this particular thought, it's about being a parent. And one of the things that for me, I had to really shift in terms of my um, leadership and I'm being tested right this minute, like pressure tested on this uh, shift. And that is everybody doesn't need me to do everything for them. And in fact, mm. the reason mm. that folks are not rising to the level of excellence that is required when you rock with me is because hey, hey. actually if you just wait long enough, you know, Kashana to do it herself. Kashana yep. will fix it. Kashana will figure it out. Kashana will make it better. Kashana will solve the problem. Kashana will take care that of it. And that is a huge thing. I used to take such pride and particularly because I'm a solo mama and I used to take such pride in being able to just knock it down by myself. And I had help. Thankfully when I moved back um, to New York city, after I got divorced, I moved very close to my parents. And so my dad was like, you know, 100% hit, you know, um, pinch hitter. My mom, my step pops when he was alive. I mean, so everybody just kind of pitched in and did what they needed to do. And yet uh, the lion's share of decision making and responsibility for things that had to do with um, my kiddo fell on my shoulders. And so I took that. I'm going to carry the baby bag. I'm going to carry the stroller. I'm going to carry the carrier all in one hand with my purse. Like that attitude, I took that with me into work. I took mm -hmm. that with me into relationships. I took that with me into building a company. I always talk about mm -hmm. being built off the muscle. And that's, it, it serves you until it no longer serves you, but it also serves you at a cost, you know? And so when you talk about like, oh my gosh, if I did my job right, would I not be needed? Would I disappear? Would my voice be silent? Like all of those things were running through my mind. I didn't even know they were running through my mind. They were just running. Something was going on in there. Mm -hmm. So when you think about how you are parenting your children differently than how we experience parenting from our parents, what do you think is like the biggest shift um, in the way you approach parenting uh, from the way that we grew up? Um, I I have to definitely say that I'm parenting with intention um, and I parent, I educate, I am partnered, I, I embody and I work and I breathe liberation for the community. So my goal, I actually have an objective and a goal for parenting. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that for my mother, there were a lot of circumstances, you're a single mom, you're actually married but in a marriage that was fruitless and you were doing things because you thought it was the right thing because you were raised to do what you think was the right thing to do not what made you happy mm -hmm. and for me I have put my fulfillment first with the idea that me being a fulfilled and happy person will give them the best person that can be their mother um and my intentions really in parenting also are to not pass on the things Let's get, let's be clear now. You gonna mess your kids up now. That's it. it it's, your kids gonna have some kind of issue for that's, that, that's, that's it. That's what it is. <laughs> Everybody that's will it. get it. <laughs> and I will be enrolling full transparency. I will be enrolling my four year old in therapy next year when he starts school, um, real school. And I just not as a thing because and people always say, "Why would you do that?" I want him to feel okay with working through his emotions, with talking through things, with not just me, me first. If, if that's his preference, 
But I want him to have the idea that it is okay to talk about the way you feel and it is okay not to feel the same things that your mother feels or your parents feel. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm purposefully, purposefully raising them to think about and question. And that was something that was seen as such a negative. Whenever I asked a question that was contradictory to whatever idea that my parents had or our family mm-hmm. had, it was like, why would you question it? Like, you're supposed to be seen and not heard. Seen and not and heard. that it always confused me when little girls are supposed to be seen and not heard. There, there's three quotes that my mom said all the time. That was one that had always confused me. Like, what do you, like, so I'm never supposed to speak? Like, when is it okay to speak? How do I speak? And that translated into me taking so long to find my voice, mm-hmm. like taking so long to appropriately then use that a voice. And I'm trying to figure this out as an adult in graduate school starting a career like is it okay to talk now is it my turn like is this one of those times and I learned that at home was to be silent and to work hard that's That's just it like you work hard be grateful and be grateful that you have a space to do these things oh my gosh I used to be so resentful of gratitude but go ahead because it wasn't gratitude that we were taught we were taught that it was a form of servantship or indentured mm-hmm. servitude as I think about it. Mm-hmm. You, we've given you these things. So now you essentially need to work to pay them off and your work <laughs> is going to school. Your work is going to that college. Is your job. Like that is your job. It's indentured servitude. You want this bread and water. You got to do these things. You got to do these things. And like love the idea. Wouldn't trade my experiences for the world. But I do know that when my children, um, I hope when they become adults, I want them to choose and I want them to choose them and I want them to choose them every time, no matter what I say, I think is right. We're setting up the prepaid fund. We're doing this and doing that. And if they come to me and say, you know, mom, I want to, you know, travel. I want to just sit for a minute. I want to whatever work at crystals. Like I want them to be so satisfied with themselves as a human being that they are not searching for external praise and they're not searching for external validation all of the time because that's, that's essentially what has driven 32 years of my life. And it's exhausting. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. exhausting. And think about like how that translates to like your professional life as well. You know, so as you were talking, my eyes, my eyes have been closed. Um, as we've been talking, because I'm I'm seeing this in such technicolor right now as I experience something very similar. And it makes me think about the fact that that translates to the way you manage and lead people. Right. Mm-hmm. And so if you were taught to be seen and not heard when you are a team member, that how you show up tends to either be just that or a pendulum swing all the way to the other side where you are like, yep. you know, loud and you are abrasive abrasive (laughs) and you are like matter of fact or whatever the case may be whatever people would say um that would be the opposite of being silent and also as a people leader right particularly if you're a people manager etc um because you spent so much time being silenced and being told to silent once you got the mic then it's a whole (laughs) you gave me a promotion wait a minute (sighs) Is this thing on? You start tapping the mic. Is this thing on? You know? I cringe. I cringe at the person. And it's okay. I always have to tell myself, it's okay. You didn't know any better. But sometimes I cringe at the way, like, I was narcissistically, like, no, y'all are going to (laughs) listen. Tap, tap. One, two, one, two. Have a seat. Have a seat. Have a seat. We're going in. Me, 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 me. Like, literally. (laughs) I cringed because I just didn't know any other way. And while I was, I was like, literally, and I don't want this for anyone. And um, I'm going through therapy. Mind you, I graduated from undergrad, Kish. Like, I graduated from undergrad. I was 20 years old. What? In your world. I was 20 years old. I started my first, like, career, like, my first teaching job. I literally turned 22 like two days before I got hired and that is the start of my career, my professional career at 22. I know nothing about life. Okay. And I think it was 
24, 25, when I got my first like a real leadership management position over people that were t- easily twice my age, easily <laughs> out experienced me. And I cringe at the things that I would say because I felt like I had to be abrasive in order to be impactful. And yes. that is not a thing. That is not a thing. That is a made not up thing. thing. That's a made up thing. But I almost feel like it's a thing that is for some black women in leadership. Absolutely. If you're not, if you're not the inclusivity person, it's almost as if, well, she's a take charge or she's, and they say these things like they're such positive things. She's a take charge, no nonsense, no nonsense type, of person. type of person. And you're like, you just sound really <sighs> angry. If you do. And thanks a lot. That's not really who I am, but now you talked it up. I got to kind of live up to it. So thanks. <laughs> That's Thank like you, you got hyped up on the side of the ring. You're going to go back right. in there and you're going to take charge and you're going to be no nonsense and you're going to take no. him down in three shots. I, you're I like, wasn't trying hey, to do that. Right. I, no. I, I, no, sir. No, that's not what I was trying to do. But as a, as a caregiver, and you brought up an important point, not everybody desires to be a parent. Come on. I wish with all of my 10 fingers, 10 toes, I wish everybody would stop silently and publicly shaming black women and black women in leadership for not choosing to be a caregiver to a man, to a child, or to anybody but their fluffy pet, or to their shoes if they so choose. Because all of those things matter. Being a caregiver starts with caring for yourself. For yourself. And so many people start their journey to marriage, to parenting without caring for themselves and therefore end up being the worst caregiver to everybody, including their teams at work because your misappropriated emotions then seep into your leadership attitude and style. And your caregiving has to start with you. So if you are telling, and I have told people, I told people during this, it's fresh for the panini. So during this (laughs) pandemic, you know, I had to tell and one of the teachers, I said, sis, we are virtual. If you need to cut that camera off and give these babies some online worksheets because you need to cry for a day, that is okay. That is A-okay. If that is what you feel in your soul that day because of what's going to happen is you're going to keep holding it in, it's going to keep building up, and it's going to come out at the wrong time. Exactly. You're going to snap on so one when, of them babies. You didn't even mean it. Uh, and it's going to be a whole situation it don't need to be. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back in a few. This episode is brought to you by Bloomerang, the donor database trusted by tens of thousands of fundraisers. For donor management, email marketing, online giving, and more, Bloomerang has you covered. Listeners of the Let's Take This Offline podcast get 10% off their first year of Bloomerang. Just visit bloomerang.co forward slash Kishana. That's bloomerang, B-L-O-O-M-E-R-A-N-G dot C-O forward slash Kishana, K-I-S-H-S-H-A-N-A. Boomerang is committed to elevating the voices of Black, Indigenous, and professionals of color nonprofit professionals. To learn more about contributing to Bloomerang's blog, visit bloomerang.co forward slash blog forward slash write. Now, let's get back to the show. is one of those things I feel like it transcends certain places because you work with people. Children and young adults in high school are the formative years where that's who you imprint on and those are the people you're ultimately going to manage later on or going to be leaders later that's on. That's exactly right. So you're, you've got to model what it looks like to self-care. Like caregiving for yourself should be a priority. Exactly and right. showing that on a daily basis like to the human beings that you manage it's a it's a thing, and it's a thing that's not for my liking and my taste. It's not a thing promoted enough, and it's not a thing leaders are ever trained on. And it's something and that you know. Me, I, oh, I didn't mean to cut you. Go ahead. 
Go, 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 no, well, I was go, say, go. You know that's something we talk about. This. You know that's something I care deeply mm-hmm. about, and but I came to the care because I came through the cross because mm-hmm. it wasn't until I was, you know, full on degenerative back challenge. I have full mm-hmm. on, you know, the, the, the every time the issue came back, you I was right. I was it, Jesus was like, oh, so you want me to smack you with it again? All right, here I go, girl. One and two, and he's like, I tried to whisper to you. I tried to whisper, you know. Um, but we come through. We come to this understanding how to take care of ourselves through pain and it's ridiculous and so to your point about um this kind of performance that we get like pushed into some of us at home with the people who we have to care for realize we don't like them people little people and big people alike we ain't like ourselves they didn't really care for us too and now to your point when we first started when we first started talking we couldn't run off and hide at work Nope. We couldn't disappear nope. into the depths of our paperwork. Nope. We could not immerse ourselves in the coffee time and water cooler conversations, the real tea. Nope. Right? Nope. And we nope. have to <laughs> look, the Lipton steeped is happening at the crib. There ain't no steeping like the K cup, baby. Yay! <laughs> Come on, K cup. <laughs> So to your point, like it just, it revealed, I mean, I remember one day I was like, my kid is actually seeing me work around the clock. Uh How long has she been watching me work around the clock? Uh I am in pain and can't move. And I'm like, pass me my computer. This is not healthy. No wonder when she's afraid to sleep in because she said to me, you don't allow anybody to rest because you don't want to rest. Mm. And I was mm. like, <laughs> Ooh, baby, did she tell you? Did she, she gathered you. She gathered me. She gathered you. She is a sad. She is a gatherer. She gathered you. Yeah, mm. she did. She gathered me. Some mm. of us need to get gathered. Like, And it's that type of gathering that you really need. Yes. It's a gathering from someone you will listen to. Because one of our, I, I feel downfalls I think one of the things that we were raised and transmitted also was that mm-hmm. people don't know anything I don't know about you but <laughs> I was just kind of raised, raised people don't know nothing they don't know nothing people don't know anything so like <laughs> unless it comes from nothing cuts me as deeply as when a family member says something to me oh. people can tell me I, I tell you people some people could cuss me from head to toe and I would look at them and say okay and walk away like nobody moves my soul Mm. But the things that my family members say to me, and I just have to, I don't even think you know, but when you were going to school and when you were doing all these things and you first got married and all these things, you were like the torch. You were the beacon. Like It was like, well, Kashana, you know, she's off at school in Boston and she studied abroad and, and then she got met. And it was just all of these things. So I'm just like, okay, God, if Kashana can do it, then right, I can do right, it. Right, right, right. There was don't this, follow me. There was never, a, right? There was never a conversation. Luckily, you know, I was blessed to have you as a cousin and and someone that when I started talking to, or I didn't know to ask the question. Mm-hmm. But when we finally broke the barrier on both sides, I feel like mm-hmm. when you felt like you weren't ashamed enough to speak, and I wasn't ashamed enough to ask. Mm-hmm. The conversations did right. Two things, two things. The conversations then became so real, so, so much more meaningful and so much the context became bigger. Yes. And looking at your journey as a leader, it so in so many ways, it kind of let me know it was okay to transform myself. It was okay to walk away from things in positions in a good life that didn't serve me. Mm-hmm. It's okay to be in a position and be like, you know, this is going great. But when they cut me loose, I got to figure it out. And I can figure it out and I can figure it out without a crutch or without putting other people down or without it being a negative because of the experience I had. So always cool. You know what we didn't do, Kish? Hold on. Pause all the deepness. <laughs> ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I've got this good old cocktail here oh, and I don't hear on. you taking and not a sip. But I was. I was doing it quietly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand why. I don't understand. You mm. need to let the people know because let me tell you. Tell the people. The mark of the mark of a good leader is knowing a good mock or cocktail. Whichever serves you. Whatever serves you. Need you need something. Whatever serves you, you got to have something that yes. 
is your signature. So it is. I'm over. Let me raise my my glass right now. Right now, I'm bit. drinking spiked bubble tea. I just want y'all to know. Ooh, it's it's, it's a weekday when we're taping, y'all. So yes, it's good. So it's uh, um, a bubble tea, and then it is has a little botanical. Uh, flavors mm. infused in there that I had in the fridge. Mm. But here's the thing. I'm always making a joke like, first of all, for folks who choose to not um, imbibe in alcohol for um, all of the reasons that are yours, we t- we totally respect that here. We joke about yeah. it a lot because we grew up in a huge West Indian family where, interestingly, uh. alcohol was always around, but I don't really know if anybody was really drinking it. I just... Girl... I don't know. Please, they were drinking. They were drinking it. They, mm. were, they were sneaking it, wasn't it? They, they it was. We were sent off to go play uh, Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> that's what it was. And that's all type of other games. And then they were out. That's okay, what it was. that's what it was. Because alcohol that's was like what... never really a like it was always around, but never really a big thing. And in college, I didn't drink really because um, I had a car early, okay. um, and I pledged early. And we couldn't wear, we couldn't have alcohol at our parties. And so I was like, well, I'm the, not only am I the designated driver because I'm the only one with a car, but also I can't, with, I can't drink with my letters on. So, oh, well, here we are. Dry, 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 dry. Um, so, that is hilarious. That's hilarious. <laughs> dry. I was underage all undergrad. Right, so. right, right. You were like, I was just underage. It's like, just, just fine. Right. <laughs> it was, it was, like, and that's what literally me. Every frat party, like, let me have a sip. Nope. Okay, I'm good. That's it for Thank me. Thank you. That's it for me. Because my mom... I literally feel like my mom's going to pop up any second and see me drinking. Like, yes. it's going to drive these eight hours. So, yeah. Oh, my gosh, no. So, if you don't drink, you just need to sing that Thursday. Like, and I don't, you know, there's times I've gone without as well. So many reasons, like you said. Just yeah. a thing that serves your escape. Whatever. Th- exactly. And I think that's one of the interesting parts about that I've seen in how people have been living and how people have been leading in the last year. And that is you know, we used to be able, many of us could keep a very separate existence between the routines that we had at home and the routines that we had at work. And so there was a clear delineation between going to soccer on the weekends, going to peewee ball on the weekends, swim lessons, dance for me, um, soccer, all the things on the weekends. There was like a a clear like line. It was brunch on Sunday afternoons after church. Then it was this, then it was that. They were all these like different compartments of your life and routines that went with that compartment, including at work. So people didn't see how you operated with your family or that, in fact, you and your fill in the blank, like literally don't even speak to each other. Like none of that stuff was revealed until we were working at home during the pandemic. Because people were like, I was working from home. No, you were trying to get some work done at home. During the pandemic, because yes. that's the best yes. we could do. Um, yes. And so people's like stuff, I think, was really, really revealed. And that's that's I think the health thing for me and the wellness aspect for me became so large because I realized that um, even as you talked about therapy and such a commendable thing to be able to put um, your son in therapy at, at a young enough age so that he can develop agency over his own mm-hmm. emotional center, which is what that is. When our children yep. are taught to not have agency over their own emotional core. And yep. so by the time we get to adulthood, some of us are, are spinning top. And yep. I saw that in my own life. I saw that in my client's life, um, in the folks that I coach, that people were just off center and that even going to therapy felt more like a performative check the box activity and less of an opportunity to really be able to fill your well. That is, it's the performative check the box because at some point in your life, um, you become checklist Mm. and some people are able to move past that and live a life where the checklists are part of it. But especially when you become a caregiver and you're a leader, so much of your work is centered around meeting standards, quotas, objectives, or checking off the things to make sure you've done everything you need to do rather than making sure you're doing the things you want to do. And at no point in life should therapy really be a part of a checklist. But for so many people, it's like a thing. It became a trendy almost thing. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, well, I'm going to go to therapy when you're not going 
let's be honest, like you got to go past those two free sessions to really do any work um, that's going to make it transformative. And the fact that it is still seen for so many people that are engaged deeply in their work as something extra rather than something maintenance. Like for me, I cannot see, got to go get my fill, got to go get my petty, got to go to therapy. Like these are the things that are on my, my appointments because yes. I'm going to do these things. Like just as they, those things serve me and I like them, I want my fill in as much as I want my therapy. Like because it is not, <laughs> it's not optional. No, not And for me, that falls under the maintenance category. So when I think about okay. my self-care, I divide it into um, things that are maintenance and they're routine driven, regardless of how. So like for me, I, I get my nails done every three weeks, y'all, like clockwork. I've gotten my nails done since I was 14 years old. There's only been one, two periods in all of my 40 odd years of life that I've not gotten my nails done. And one of them was during the pandemic. Okay. And so I, for me, that is a routine. Like it's something that I look forward to. I follow. And when I think of care, I've had to step my care routine up. So um, I had to add a life coach to my routine, um, to the care aspect of it, because I was um, addressing some things in therapy that I realized I needed a different type of support to kind of like give me a little jolt because you got to know what your personality is and and how you respond to things. Right. And I, I don't need anybody tiptoeing around me. That's not who I am. And so I needed a little bit of a jolt. So I had to add a, a life coach to that. Um, and she's been on the show. And then I had to add acupuncture um, to my massage routine because I get a massage every month. I had to add uh, acupuncture to that because of the fact that I have debilitating back pain. Right. I had to add water flotation yes. therapy to that. So it, that's not routine for me yet because that's an additional type of care. That's like another petal of my care flower that's that's opening because it's adding to the richness that ensures that my when I get on the starting block, those mm-hmm. things have to be done in order for me to be able to have a shot off the block. If that makes sense. Um, but so that's what any and that and that's important that you use that analogy because. No athlete is coming to the game without all of these these things that make you a good athlete or all of the training and all of the pieces put Absolutely. together. And if that's what you need for your starting block in your career, those things, not even in your career, for your career and for your life, yes. your personal well-being, yes. then give yourself the best shot off the block you can. The best. Be in the best lane. But Jelaine, here's the thing. There are going to be a lot of folks who might be listening who are going to say, but, oh, this sounds so good, but I don't have fill-in-the-blank time, partner, ability. That sounds like a luxury, et cetera. First of all, we need to normalize what mm. luxury is. Yes, yes. Because luxury Listen. for me right now is driving to Jersey <laughs> to get Krispy Kremes because they don't have Krispy Kremes in New York. And if they did, I would drive more often and it would not be luxurious. But because I got to go cross two bridges and drive Listen. 40 miles. <laughs> to the drive-thru during the panorama <laughs> you are, there are people like I was one of those people I still am there's certain things that I'm like oh, I just don't have the five minutes I don't have the extra mm-hmm. $20 like I don't and maybe sometimes I like not sometimes I don't student loans are real working because you need to pay bills is real, real. Um, staying in something because you're afraid that you won't be able to put food on your table or pay a mortgage is real real um, living in the parameters of your debt is real. And I want part of my leadership and my parenting approach is that when I say that I am parenting, I am educating, I am leading for liberation, I am passing the knowledge I've gained from my mistakes on so that other people that I manage, my children, my students, do not have to carry the burdens of those mistakes. I have chosen the things that I've done and I've lived well <laughs> within my decisions, but I also know it's my responsibility to pass that knowledge on. I know that deeply. And when I think about the things that I have to do for self-care or the things that have to be done, I pick, I prioritize. Right now for me, I have gotten back into a routine of self-care through wellness and working out, but that means I have to get up at 3.45 a.m. because I've got three kids. One is still breastfeeding. I still got to feed her. I got to pump. I've got to do all of these things to make sure 
my kids are alive. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. And get back home to get them ready. So that means 3.45 a.m. And we're in a panini. So I got to be there when nobody else is literally nobody else. So it means for me, I got to build it in where I can. And that doesn't mean I get to go to bed at 8, 8 p.m. But for me, that's the one thing I've chosen. Yes. And for you, it might be something different. But you yes. can choose one thing. And it takes years. Let's not, because let, let's, let's be real. Because Kishina, like, we're the ultimate, we know better, and it takes us forever to do better. To do better. Oh, my gosh. We <laughs> like, looking at it over there like, I know. Like, <sighs> sometimes, it, sometimes it takes a good, like, hey, cuz, text, and then this flood of things comes out, and, like, we call <laughs> each other out in the kindest way. And Absolutely. then it's like, okay, let me pick one thing to get together today just because of this conversation. So. So, and if you don't have yourself an accountability person or somebody you can really be honest with, try and start that. Try and be honest about your vulnerability, your fears, your things that you carry with one person in your life. Because do you have a friend or do you have a family member that you can go to and just say these things out loud to? Because it helps so much. You'd be surprised what other people are struggling with and trying to put on the front for in front of you. Ooh. And you're like, well, we're good, but are we really are we are we really being honest about the things we're carrying in our personal life that are spilling into our jobs? Is that the reason we're so stagnant in our careers? Because we cannot let go of the things that are actually anchoring us there. Come on. And do we need to have that conversation so we can let it go? So if it's your one more thing might be, hey, having an honest conversation with a friend and that costs you nothing. Nothing. It's three ninety nine. Three ninety nine. It might, and, but it might, but listen, it might have to make you do something that feels costly, which is decide. You know, and because oftentimes the first step is not to actually take the step; it's to decide. Like I have decided, and that sometimes feels so scary. And something that you said just now, and also when we first started talking, that I wanted to make sure we didn't forget in this conversation, and that was about the balance that you have to make both at home and at work, when home and work feel like it's the same place, um, between holding space for folks who are just not okay on certain days because folks have been holding it in, performing, escaping, Mm -hmm. you know, sliding through the trap door for their entire life in different ways spaces and places whether it was in the classroom whether it was with relationships at home etc and so there's a space you got to hold for that but also what we sussed out some mediocrity too like you like listen friend you've been (laughs) you've been riding the middle coasting and blaming it on the pandemic like what are you doing like you 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 know you were trifling before let's be clear now we can just see it we just, uh, you're exposed now is what it is. Right. And I think that exposure is the worst to yourself because mm. when you realize you've been a fraud to yourself and not even a fraud, that's a harsh word to you. But when you realize you've pushed or suppressed your true calling yes, or your true talents out of fear or whatever it may be, because we all have different reasons. But when you realize that for yourself, that's a moment. Your moment might be a day, it might be a month, it might be a year, it might be two. But it's a moment that you've got to work through. Mm. A moment. And I think um, who actually helped me realize that too was our other cousin. We have a lot of cousins. A lot of us. Um, there are a lot of us, y'all. There are yeah. 30-something. So, okay. There's so many of you guys. Actually, there's so uh-huh. many people. There's so many. Yeah. <laughs> so the good the good cousin, Dr. Chanel Flowers, like, she yes. just tell me, like, what did you do? Like, she just, girl, what are you doing? What are you talking about? Like, you're not on your boss stuff right now. And I'm just like, you're you're right. Right. Ma'am, you're right. You're right, ma'am. You're right. You're right. You're right. Like, you're right. You're right. And, and then, and then, is it, can I help you? You're like, wait a minute. Can you help right. me? <laughs> hey, will you? And like, yes. there's, we had a whole fall apart, like, what are we doing? And like, if you would be like, you're not doing what you need to do because you're so good at X, Y, Z. And I'm like, girl, what are you doing? Like, why are we together collaborating? And even you with this podcast, like, look at you. Hello. Look at you. But that's just a thing. You got to, you got to sit with that moment. You've got to understand you're having that moment and you've got to decide to move past it because some people's moment lasts a lifetime and you look up and you've given 35 years to a company that has not used Ooh. your 
skills, your spirits, your 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 gifts. Your gifts have been squandered because these people have taken advantage of it. They've and used they, they've used you up. But also, they gave you a paycheck and took your dream. Correct, but you have to. That's that's one of the things that for me, your life is your choice, mm-hmm. and you get to decide. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. not all decisions are roses and candy and cotton candy, but you yep. get to decide. Yep. And when you are thinking about your leadership journey, when you're thinking about it, and I wanted to think about it through the context of parenting because I feel like. There's a lot of expectations. People expect us to show up. We expect our children to do this way. There's an expectation of how, particularly as mothers, how we're supposed to be. If the, if the babies go left, it's because of the mother. Yeah. If the babies go right, it's because of the mother. If they don't have no home training, it's because of their mamas. You know, yeah. we would say don't have no bra topsy. Um, no bra <laughs> And we know because of the way we were raised, you know, our orientation to work and to education and to family expectations really drove a lot of the ways that we ended up performing our careers that we pursued, et cetera. Um, And so I thought it was important for us to kind of unpack some of that. And it was so good to hear you talking about, you know, how you've had to really step into confronting that because I think a lot of folks are confronting their mental models um, and their lived experiences uh, during this time. And now this has caused folks to just kind of have to reassess across the board and so now yeah. we're looking at, okay, what do you do on the other side of that? Yes. And it's it's okay to be a woman that's a leader. It's okay to plan your career around being a mom if that's what you want to do. It's a thing you can do. If those are your priorities, and I absolutely tell them at my job, I am a mother first. All you little funky people, <laughs> I'm raising my children. Like I am raising my children, and you will get you will get my all, but you will get my all after I am a mother. That's and it. that is my choice. That might not be your choice as a leader, but you have to understand what role that is playing in your life and how you choose. That's and it. when you move forward, like just make that your intention and set your intention. And believe it or not, people will respect and fall in line more when you are adamant about the things that your intention are, intentions are. So, just set that intention. Make sure that you are clear about what space leadership holds in your life and what space parenting holds in your life. And sometimes they'll blend, but you have to ensure that whatever your intentions are, you're following through on both ends. Absolutely. Absolutely. But the intention starts with what do you want for your life, right? Like that. Like, yes. like this is, there is, it is not too late to prioritize no, yourself never. and not prioritize yourself out of anger. We, not don't, out of we, anger. we do that, Jelaine, don't we? We like, forget it. <laughs> I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this. You it. know what? You know what? You keep these kids. I'm going to the spa for a day. That's it. That's how we get. That's how we get. As opposed to, it's the third Thursday of the month. Mommy is going to the spa. Mm. Mm. Like right now. Like even at this moment, my partner knows. I said, "Hey, this is on the family shared calendar. It is color coded. I am not available." <laughs> he understands that. All of the things he under, and I also want to normalize that being a woman in leadership or even a person in leadership that is a parent, it is okay to get help. It is okay to get and pay for or ask for help. I have someone that comes every Saturday morning to fold laundry because I cannot, like I just can't. Okay. And for me, that is a thing that I just refuse. I will live out of a basket of clean clothes. Okay. That is okay for me. But for me, getting that help was part of me being able to use that time to be more productive in Black Parenting 101, all the other things that I want to do that I can't necessarily fit into the work week or fit into parenting or fit into self-care. Anything you you need to do. Yes, anything. And it was so normal, actually, when you think about it growing up. All Jamaican women had what was called one helper. They had a helper come in the house. They had a helper coming out of the house. You don't have no helper. You don't have, and then people look at you with suspicion. You don't have a helper. And you're like, You don't have no helper. And you feel like, "Uh, What? No. What? No. But where do we get it twisted? Like, I'm like, That's such a cultural norm. Like, Carrie Ann is coming up from Jamaica to watch the kids while the bit. You know, like, all of that. That's right. a norm. And then we right. get into these modern relationships, as my mother would say. Mm. You're a modern mm. parent. She, she, the other day she asked me if I was reading a new parenting book again. Because I was like, Mom, <laughs> when we were growing up, I was like, all of you parented us exactly the same. Okay? And so if anybody falls, 
off the side of the truck. It was our fault, not yours. We parent each child differently. And I promise you, Jelaine, she cocked her head to one side. She cocked her head to the next as I was talking. She was quite calm and quite and fully listening. And she said, you're reading a new parenting book again? <laughs> Great, mom. Thanks. She basically was like, you made it, didn't you? What's the problem? <laughs> she said, I made it. Like, sis, are you not... Do you not have a roof over your head? Issue is, you not, or issue is not. Do you not go on vacation? Right, 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 right. You got the degrees. You and your brother live a fairly good life, from what I can see. All the mimosas you can sit. What's the problem, sis? What the- it works for y'all. What's it works for y'all. John said, "Don't come for her." She said, "Don't come for her." She, she did said, not. None, send- none of the tour owner didn't fall <laughs> off the truck. So she said, y'all worry look about it. Fine to me. <laughs> I did my job. Go do yours. That's what she said to you. She did tell me that. She She also started several (laughs) conversations this week with, I know Sana is not my child, but. It's they start with that. But what they really mean to say is, would you like to drop her off? Because you're not raising her right. You're not raising her right. I say this as I prepare to drive 10 hours to Miami because my mother has guilted me in seeing her grandchildren for a week. It's been so long. And I know they miss me. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right, ma'am. All right. Ma'am. Uh, we got to have another conversation with the cousins. We, we gonna, I'm going to round up because I, I think the fab crew, they need to they need to get on a Zoom Thank or something you. with us so they can see it because we have first gen, first gen problems. <laughs> the first gen immigrant children of the world. Yes. Are carrying, are carrying a different style of everything. And the thing in our family is we are so blessed to have leaders in nonprofit, education, the military. Like there are people doing so many great things. Uh, but there's just so many conversations to have in that. So you're absolutely right. <laughs> absolutely right. Well listen, Fab Crew, I could talk to obviously I get the pleasure of talking to my cousin whenever I want it, but I could get the pleasure I could talk to Jelaine all day. And I know y'all were sitting there with all types of notes because of the gems we dropped, but we are coming to the end of another great conversation. So, Jelaine, I just want to thank you so much for hanging out with me today and for just dropping all of your knowledge. I mean, you just were everything from like put the babies in therapy early. okay, friends. And it's not because something happened. Things don't have to happen to make a decision all the way to you could hold space between uh, holding space for you because things are not right in the world and get your booty in gear because you're being mediocre. Get your life like and everything in between. So you dropped so many, so many um, truth bombs for us today, and I so appreciate you. Thank you so much for coming on and hanging out with me. I really appreciated it. I had a blast, of course, as usual. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Taking a little final little sip. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Get it all. Let Get me it all. Drain my glass. Yes, drain your- <laughs> All right, Fab Crew. We'll be back next week with another fantastic episode. But until then, I want to make sure y'all are living well and leading well. And we will talk to y'all real soon. Have a good one. On our next episode, I'll be talking to a customer service expert on why having a customer service orientation is critical no matter what position you hold, especially when you're a leader. It's going to be a juicy one. So make sure you keep it locked by downloading, subscribing, forwarding this to a friend, and leaving us a review. Are you bringing your parenting style to work? No, this is a serious question. Okay, friends. This question applies to you, whether you're a parent, a godparent, a auntie, (laughs) a caregiver, because some of us are back at home taking care of a parent or another loved one. So this is a serious question. Are you bringing your parenting style to work? How we were parented as children can also show up in how you treat your team members as well as your peers. I know some of y'all are like, uh-huh. We tend to hide our home selves from work 
but bring our work selves home. You ever had your partner say, don't you talk to me like you talk to your employees? <laughs> so my tip here today is real quick. Make sure as you think about your style that you're intentional in the way you show up. Right now, all the spheres of our lives are overlapping. It's just like one huge Venn diagram that's like smushing together. And if we aren't careful, every relationship we have in every aspect of our life is going to take a hit. And as you think about, for those of us who have children or who are caregivers at home, the ways in which we are showing up for them, the ways that we are showing up for ourselves. If you don't think what you do at work is bleeding into all of that, you got another thing coming. And so I want you to make sure as you think about the little people that you have and you think about the grown folks that you are working alongside, that you are approaching everything with intention. <laughs> 